1: of of messages. Somebody asked me before, they're like, are are you ready to move on from relationships? And the answer is yes. Um, I think I have ADD, like I I enjoy preaching about something for a little while, then I'm ready to talk about something else. But we've been talking about things that are worth fighting for in our relationships, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're engaged, dating, widowed, our relationships are worth fighting for. And um, so we began this this collection of messages talking about you know where do fights come from, um, and then we we went into this. We had a guest speaker, uh, T. Rex, that came and, and talked about share the burden, but assign the behavior and then last week, we had Pastor Kara Graham, and she did such a fantastic job, and she she was so good, so good. and she talked about unity in community and, and today, um, I, I want to talk about. Um, what, what love is, what love is, because I, I think no matter where you are in that relationship spectrum, or even in the, the faith spectrum, we often have questions like, "What what is, what is love? Um, is it like Pepe Le Pew, like, ha, 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 <laughs> mon chéri. is it um, boys to men, like, <laughs> is that is it Brian McKnight songs? Is that, is that love? I don't know. But what is love? Um, I think to kick it off, I, I'm going to sing some songs and I want you guys to. to I'm going to sing the first line and I want you to, to join in. Are you guys ready for Celebration Church's first annual church choir? choir? We've got team members spaced uh, strategically through the room and we're listening to your voices. So, belt it out. You guys ready? Okay. Whoa, we're halfway there. Yeah. Take my hand. This is so good. Okay. All right. I just called. I feel it. I feel it. You guys feel it? So good. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I wanna know what love is. to show me. That's so good. Alright. One, you're like a dream come true. Two, I want to be with you. Three, girl it's plain to see that you're the only one for me. And repeats it's one through three. <laughs> good job good job hey music is so much fun and I like our culture is full of of love songs and music songs and um, I I think it just gives us uh, like this desire for love but the truth is knowing what love really is 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 pretty hard and I think even now as I'm talking about love as a dude sometimes it's hard for me to talk about love because men struggle with the idea of love so men just Just exchange. Every time I say the word love, exchange the word respect. (laughs) You put the word respect in there and you'll understand what I'm saying. So there we we go. Um, Today I'm going to be speaking from a passage of scripture that um, even if you're not a Christian, if you've ever been to a Christian wedding, you've probably heard this passage of scripture. It's probably the most quoted scripture uh, at Christian weddings, and that's Ephesians 5. Uh, wives, submit yourselves to... No. <laughs> gotcha. Um, no, that's that's actually a whole nother message about about the mutual respect within a relationship. But uh, this is actually the most quoted verse in Christian weddings, and it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And in this passage, it talks about what love looks like. Love is not boastful. Love is not rude. It goes through all this stuff. But we we often just kind of cherry-pick that portion of the passage, but the Apostle Paul, when he wrote it, he wrote more than just that. Um, Paul was uh, an apostle who followed Jesus, but he wasn't a Christian when Jesus walked the earth. When, when Jesus was around, Paul was very against the church. In fact, the very first time we ever hear about Paul, um, he is participating in the murder of Christians. Anybody ever feel persecuted for your faith? Good, good answer. Um, (laughs) They looked at me funny when I prayed over my dinner at Applebee's. Paul killed people. You can pray. But here's what it says at the beginning of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says this. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Anybody in the room speak two languages? Do I have anybody that speaks three languages? I got some. I got some people. Oh, can we keep going? Do we got four? Let's go. Let's just tell me. Just tell me. You got five? You speak five languages? Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. You are probably smarter than everybody. Like, your IQ is probably ours combined. <laughs> um, it's no joke to learn a new language. I, I learned to speak French. When I moved to Canada, they had, um, I had two options. I could either uh, take French class, or I could take all my classes in French except English class. And I hated it. Um, and then I learned Spanish, and so then I mixed them both and made French rich, made this. made my own language. So now I can't speak either of them well. But he says this. He says, you can be the kind of person that's smart enough to learn all the languages of the world. But if you don't love, you're like a gong. Bong, gong. Gong. You-, you can be the-, the most educated person in the room. With with the most vast understanding of how to communicate. With all the communication skills you've ever wanted to build your relationships. But if you don't love, gong. You are just a loud gong. A clanging symbol. You could be the most... Educated person. You could have all the scientific data be- behind how relationships work. You can, you can understand all the, all the different philosophies of communication and, and how to, to, to interact with people. But if you don't have love, gong. Has anybody ever talked to somebody that knew all the things, but when they talked, it was gong don't 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 point at them <laughs> you can know it all but but if you don't love it is nothing more than just an annoying sound you you can read all the books to develop your love languages and your ability to communicate and this is good like we we should whether you're married or you're single whatever your stat your place is in life you should be educating yourself you should be elevating yourself. And books are a great way to do that. But if you, if, if you just want to read all the books and you learn that men are from Mars and women are from Venus and now you've got it all figured out, but you don't have love, gong. It's just a noise. You can be smart, but without love, you're just a noise. He actually says this, if you speak all the, the languages of the angels, if you speak the languages of all languages on earth and the languages of angels, you can you can you can speak the heavenly languages, have gifts, spiritual gifts in your life, speaking the languages of angels. But if you don't have love, you are annoying. That's what he means. A gong. It means you're you're being annoying. You're annoying. Turn to your neighbor. <laughs> Next verse says this If I had the gift of prophecy, watch this, he's gonna lean into the spiritual side. If I have the gift of prophecy, I can see into the future. And if I understood all of God's secret plans, I have the secret spiritual knowledge that none of you have. I've got this secret special spiritual knowledge. If I, if I have that thing and I, I possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could speak to a mountain and move it, but I did not love others, I would be nothing He's saying, you can have all the spiritual insight you want to have. You you can be the greatest Bible teacher in the world. You can be the one that can teach uh, uh, all about relationships. But if you don't love, you have nothing. You can be prophetic. You can be used in the gifts of the Spirit. If you do not have love, you are annoying You have all the knowledge, all the understanding, faith to move mountains. You could be the person that they run to when they have prayer requests. When I have a prayer request, there's people I run to, and I'm like, "Hey, would you pray with me? I know you're a person of faith. You're a prayer warrior. I want you to pray with me." But if you are a strong prayer and you have the faith to move mountains, but you do not love, you are annoying. You're annoying. The next verse goes on and says, I, if, if I gave, I told, this is going to be an encouraging message. So you, you can already feel it. <laughs> he's saying, okay, he's saying I'm annoying. Got it. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> the next verse, if I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained Nothing. He's saying you can be the most compassionate person in the room. You can be the one that recognizes when people are, are hurting and suffering. You can be the person that just sees pain in people's eyes and you're able to hear them and, and deal with them. You're, you're the person that 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 you know goes and feeds the poor and you go do like you do the things, you you do all the stuff, but if you do not love, it counts for nothing. It means nothing. You can have the most empathy, the most understanding, the, the biggest spiritual gifts. But if you do not love, it's just annoying. He says you, you could sacrifice your body. Like you may be the person that, that the way you, you lean into the world is you, you sacrifice your time, you sacrifice your agendas, you put yourself second all of the time. But if you do that without love, it's really just manipulation. Because the truth is this is that when we have love you would be surprised what does work. But when you don't have love none of it works. And you may start outright and you may do all the right things and you may check all the right boxes. But over time, whether or not love is present will be revealed. And without love, it will not last. We can say all the right things. We can have an ironclad case that we are a good, caring person, an empathetic person. We can be just oozing with, with grace towards others. But if we don't have actual love, deep down inside of us, something is missing. Because the truth is that with love, anything works. Without love, nothing works. Okay. Maybe for you, you'd say, yeah, that's right. Like, like my, my husband, like he's not the smartest one, but like, don't let him talk. Don't let him talk. But, but <laughs> he, he sure loves me. <laughs> he, he just don't let him talk. But he, he, loves, he says, says stupid stuff, but he loves me. Why? Because with love, it'll work. Even if they don't get the things right, if they do love, they'll get it right. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying this, in our relationships, healthy relationships are not about having the right information. Healthy relationships are not about being spiritually mature. Healthy relationships are not about deep insight into unseen things. Healthy relationships are not about having the faith that can conquer the world. Healthy relationships are not about having some sort of selflessness that is so amazing everybody looks up to it. Healthy relationships are not even about compassion or empathy. With love, all of those things work. But without love, none of those things works. So... In order to understand how relationships work, we must first figure out how love works. How love works. So, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. No more. <laughs> I went back, I was, watching, I was watching some of those old videos, uh, doing some deep uh, Google research for my, my message here, and uh, <laughs> what is love, 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 baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> like, what, what is love? Really, what, what is love? I, is love a Hallmark movie? Like, well, you turn on a Hallmark movie, like, five minutes in, I'm snoring. <laughs> I'm just, I'm out, like, that's so rude, like, you don't even know what's going to happen, yes, I know what's going to happen, like, I've seen one Hallmark, Hallmark movie, I've seen them all, like, it's different actors, same cabin, it's, it's the same thing, over, and over, and over, and over, and over, like, Maybe maybe love is like changed from Hallmark movies to like watching crime crime movies together, right? First season, my wife and I like uh, our Hallmark movies became CSI CSI Miami for a while, right? Like maybe maybe that. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> maybe, like maybe, what is love? Is love this emotion that we feel? Is, is love the 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 pitter patter of the heart when you when you see somebody? Is 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 love the the awkwardness when your eyes meet? Is that is that what love is? Is is love that it's all things? Okay. Is love a, is it a transaction between two people? Is love a, a transaction? I scratch your back, you scratch my back. Uh, I, I'll, I'll do things for you, you do things for me, and as long as we're both meeting that, that level of, of expectation, it's love. Is love filing for a tax exemption or, or tax status with the IRS? Is that love? Is love arguing about calendars and budgets? What is, what is love? Well, the Apostle Paul, who writes this chapter in 1 Corinthians, he tells us what love is. He tells us in Romans, we'll get to it in a moment, he tells us that love is a debt. Love is a debt, not a feeling. It's the one thing we owe other people, and when we pay it in full, we don't owe them anything else. It's the one thing that when we pay that one thing, the rest of the things are satisfied. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love One another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. If you can just do that one thing, love, if you can just love them, you will meet the expectations that they might have on you as well. It's the one thing that when that debt is paid, it satisfies the other debts. It's a unique debt. Because it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't continue. Like Once it's paid, it doesn't, it doesn't allow for other debts to be paid. Once love is paid, the debt is paid. If I don't love you, and I'm in a relationship with you, there are countless things I can do for you, or I can expect from you, And that list will never end. Nothing will be satisfied until I choose to pay the one thing I do owe you. And that one thing is love. From this passage, we see that Paul is hes actually commanding us to to love. He's saying, it is your obligation. It's your obligation to love. So I'll say it like this. Love is not just a debt that when it's paid, you don't owe anything else. It is also... A decision that only you can make. Love is a choice. Not a reciprocal arrangement. Not a tit for tat. Love is a decision and it's a choice. The problem is in every song, in every movie we have it in our culture, love is this feeling that we have. Like they, they see each other and they fall in love and it's amazing. And their life just begins to spiral upwards and sparks fly and it's amazing. Happily ever after not true even our songs are all about love like i get so weak in the knees like it's all it's all about how you make me feel because there's something inherent in us that thinks love is the way we feel about someone else can i tell you that love is more than a feeling there there should be a feeling In love, there there should be this feeling, but the feeling should last from six weeks to 18 months because the feeling is a chemical response in your brain called infatuation. And you should feel it because the role of infatuation is it makes you blind, it makes you stupid. So you can fall in love with someone that's not a perfect match. That's the point of infatuation. It's so that you can see all the good in someone and not be able to see all the bad in someone. You're like, oh my goodness, they're amazing. This is why you need people in your life, if you're dating right now, maybe you're engaged right now. You need people in your life that are not infatuated with the person you like. What that means is they're not blinded by love. You, you, need, you need people around you. And you say, well, I, I don't have any family here. Then you're in a church family. You need people around you that are not blinded by it. You should be blinded by it, but not them. Because there's a feeling. And it, it should last from six weeks to 18 months. And then at that point, it goes. the feeling goes away. Can anybody attest to this? I'm, I'm the only one. There's like two of us in the whole room that are honest. It, the feeling... Goes away, and, and so what happens is if we think it's the feeling, we, we start chasing that feeling. Like, I've just got to rekindle that feeling. i gotta, I got to do stuff to, to try, try to make it a little more exciting. Like, i got to get crazier with our sexual encounters to somehow get that feeling back. And so we start adding stuff into our relationship that shouldn't be in our relationship to try to get the feeling back. And then finally we say, it's enough. I don't feel this way towards you anymore. I'm moving on. Looking for someone else that can... Stir up that feeling again. Can I tell you that love is a choice? Yeah. Yeah. Love is a commitment. Love is, is, is not this, this ditch that we, we stumble around in the middle of the dark and fall into love. We're like, Oh, I just fell into love. I can't do anything about it. It's a, and then 18 months later when the feeling is gone, we fall back out. No. We don't fall into love and we don't fall out of love. We walk in love we grow in love it's a decision in the words of early 1990s actually late 80s christian rap group dc talk love (laughs) oh my goodness love is a verb Uh, down with the dc talk (laughs) no? <laughs> I, I, would, <laughs> I remember I would like r- rock my Christian rap in my, in my earphones on my, my Walkman. Anybody had a Walkman? Yeah, I, I, would, I would listen to that stuff, drinking an Orange Crush and eating Starburst on my paper route every morning. That was, that was my thing. Down with the DC talk. <clears throat> Love is a verb. Love is a choice. It's a choice. This is what Jesus says about love in John chapter 13. He says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Everybody say, this is a commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus commands us to love. What does that mean? It means Jesus did not see love as this thing that is outside of your control. How do you command someone to have an emotion? I command all of you right now to be sad. Stop smiling. I said be sad. You rebellious people, be sad. Right? Like, you can't command an emotion. Love is more than emotion. Love is a choice. It is a behavior. It is a commitment. And Jesus commands it in our lives. It should be the biggest marker of a believer. The biggest distinguishing thing in your life should be your love towards one another. So, if that's the case, how do I love, how do I show love? How do I express love? If love is not me learning all the things... Bringing them in, knowing all the language, having prophetic vision into the future. If love is not me speaking heavenly languages and all the earth, then then how do I love? I'm glad you asked because Paul tells us. He says, love, what it looks like is it's patient and it is kind. And it's at this point where Paul exhausts his ability to explain what love is. He says, it's patient, it's kind, and now in order for me to share what love is, I have to tell you what it isn't. You know that, right? Sometimes it's easier to to explain what something is by saying what it is not. That's what Paul's about to do. He says, patient, it's kind. We got that, Paul. Patient, kind, got it. Then he flips the script and begins to tell us what it is not. He says this, love is not jealous or boastful or proud. It's not proud. Love is, love is humble. Love is not self-serving and boastful. He says, it is not rude. Have you ever been rude to your spouse? I have. That's not love. It does not demand its own way. Have you ever caught yourself demanding that everything in the house has to be done your way? It's my way or the highway. Love doesn't do that. It's like when I, when I do the dishes at our house and anyone else tries to help me, I chase them away. Because no one in my entire house knows how to load a dishwasher as perfectly and efficiently as me. I, I'm happy for them to do it, but if I'm doing it, I don't want any help. Why? Because there's this part of me that has an arrogance about being perfect. That's not love. That's not love. It is not irritable. Has anybody ever been... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, irritable? Like, like, they don't even know you're frustrated with them. Irritable, like, you're mad at them. They just don't know it yet because they're too dumb to figure it out. And you're just like... You're talking through your teeth, like... That's not love. It's not love. It's not irritable. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love is not journaling every time he hurts your feelings. Love is not bringing an Excel sheet of everything they've done wrong to a meeting. That's the opposite of love. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it does rejoice whenever truth wins. So what is Paul saying? Paul's saying that that love is a debt that when I pay it, I've, I don't owe you anything else. But if I do all the other things without doing that one debt, I always owe you. And it is also a decision. It's a choice that I make. And I think the truth is this, is that the worse someone's behaviors are the more I have to choose whether or not I love them. Because I don't have to choose patience if they're easy to get along with. Let me put a caveat here. I'm not not talking about abuse. If you're in an abusive situation, you need to find someone that can help you and potentially run. Okay? But if you're in a normal relationship, understand that the reason there's conflict in your relationship is that they are actually not a good match for you. What are you saying, preacher? What I'm saying is that there is not a single person on this planet that is a good match for you. Like, there, there's, there's not one perfect person out there that, like, God is like, this is the perfect match for her. Why? Because you crazy. <laughs> and they're crazy, too. And the only way we can find ourselves in love is when we actively participate in things like choosing. I will not, I will not demand my own way. I will not be boastful. I will be patient. I, I'm going to try to humble myself in this relationship so that God can get glory and so that love can be had. I think for um, my wife and I, early on in our relationship... This this thing keeps sliding down on me. Early on in our relationship, <clears throat> I think I was more in love with the idea of love than I was her. I, th- I think I was more in love with the idea of being married than I was actually in love with my wife. It makes me think of this time that I, I went to Disneyland. And... We were there. We'd been there the whole time, and and the kids are having fun. And like at the end of the day, that we walk past the Spider-Man, like the Spider-Man thing, and they got this booth, and they're selling these goggles. With like little LED lights in them, and the kids are like, Oh, can I have these Spider Man LED goggles? They're amazing. I gotta have them. I gotta have them. I gotta have them. And I'm like, No, you can't have them. I gotta back. And I'm like, Well, fine. How much is it? And they're like, It's $40. I'm like, $40? Absolutely not for a cheap toy. You're not getting these dumb Spider Man goggles for $40. And we started to walk out of the park, and then one kid starts complaining, and the other kid starts complaining. I'm a, I, like, I am a dad of principle, and I do not buy dumb $40 goggles that the dumb led goggles from from this is this i i stood my ground so well i was just like i will not i will not be buying but dad you we, we gotta get the goggles we gotta they're, we can't just come to disney we gotta get the goggles the goggles are amazing they do lights and stuff and so finally finally i caved so hard and And I I went back to the booth, and and I didn't just buy one set of forty dollar goggles, I bought a hundred and twenty dollars worth of trash. you like them? And you know what? I'll tell you, my kids got some use out of these things. I mean, they wore these things out for the first 20 minutes from, from Disneyland to the parking lot. These things were getting some use. And for the last two years, they've been under a pile of stupid broke toys in my son's closet. Why? Because my kids were more in love with the idea of really cool Spider-Man goggles than they were the actual goggles. And I think in my relationship with my wife, I've been there. Early on, I loved the idea that I had this wife that I was entering into ministry with and we were going to go change the world and do stuff together and it was going to be amazing and Maybe people would listen to us and respect us more because we were married or something. And then I discovered she had opinions (laughs) and thoughts. And I figured if she just stuck with me long enough, I'd fix her. I would change her. I I would make her into who I thought she could be. And the truth is it was pointless. Another way that played out in our relationship was I thought, I thought it's great, I'm married, I have this wife, it's being married is just amazing. But I'm gonna go spend my time on the weekends, like Friday nights with my boys. We're gonna go play board games, access and allies together, gonna go play Smash Bros with the boys. But it's cool because I, I, my wife's at home, and so when I go home, I'll be like, walk in, and I expect everything to just be cool, like we're supposed to be good, and she'd be irritated, and I'd be like, why are you irritated? Like, you have me. <laughs> what could be wrong? We have this amazing relationship. I, I... I was like, well, babe, why don't we just go? I know it will help our, our relationship. Let's just spend more time in the outdoors together. And so I loaded the canoe up on top of my Jeep, and we, I drove way up into the mountains, and I unloaded the canoe off into the river. And then I, I allowed her. My, I was so kind. I allowed her to drive from where I dropped the canoe off down to where she would pick me up about three hours later. <laughs> And the the first time we did this, I thought, man, I am winning. Because she had a camera. She showed me these pictures of moose and all. Look at all the things I saw. And I'm like, she's making the most of this. So amazing. I've got an amazing wife. Like, this is amazing what's going on. And then one day she's like, I just can't have. Like, what's wrong with you? And what was wrong with me was, I was really in love with the idea of being married. I was really in love with the idea of love. But I had not yet learned that love is the one thing I owe her. And love is a decision that I make towards her. As the band would come, I would say this. At that moment, we had a choice to make. And the choice was this. <clears throat> is the solution to the problem in our relationship to move on, to find new love elsewhere? And I, I recognize there are people in the room who have been divorced or are going through a divorce or maybe you, you've lost your love. I get that. And there's no, this, this is not a stone at all. But when I looked at our relationship, I said, that, we said, the, the answer is not for us to try to hit restart somewhere else. Can I say that if if you think that's the solution, it only makes it more complicated. The answer was for us to learn to stop loving the idea of marriage. To stop loving the idea of being loved and to start paying the one thing that we owed each other. Love. It's amazing because when you love the other person, all the things they need start to happen. And it didn't just happen. We didn't fall into it. We sat down and we said, we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure it out because Paul goes on and he says this the love never gives up never loses faith it is always hopeful and it endures every circumstance love is a fighter love is strong Love pushes through. So wherever you are on the spectrum of believing in Jesus to not believing in Jesus, I think from what I just said, there's a lot of stuff there that you can, you can pull from. But here's where the shift happens. Because for those of us that believe in Jesus, it changes right here to something different. Because it's not just so much that love is a debt we owe. And it's not just so much that love is a decision we make. But here's what we actually believe as Christians. In Romans chapter 5 verse 8, the Bible says that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While you were at your weakest moment, he made a decision to love you. While you were in your darkest night, while you were walking through the pains of divorce, while you were watching that business flow between your fingers, as you were watching your world fall apart and your decisions making no sense, he says... Now's the moment that I'm going to show her how much I love her. Now's the moment that I'm going to pay for him the one thing I owe him, love. In God's economy, it is the one thing he gives, the one thing he owes, love. Not while you had it together. Not while you could offer him something, but only when he wanted something for you. So I'd ask you today are you falling into love, falling out of love, falling into love, falling? It's time to stop chasing infatuation. It's time. To pay the one debt you owe love to your neighbor and it's time to make a decision i will love i will not be demanding i will not be boastful i will not be proud i'm gonna love you would you stand with me across the room love is the one debt that when you pay it you owe them nothing else and love is a decision not just a feeling as we we end this collection of messages on relationships I'm going to say this, if you're with your spouse in the room today, would you just put your arm around them Maybe for you, you're here with your fiancé, or maybe you're dating somebody. Maybe you're here in the room, and you're divorced. You're widowed. Maybe you're single. If that's you, I just want you to just raise your hands in kind of a receiving posture, and I want to pray for you. Father, right now, I pray that you would undergird, that you would strengthen the relationships that are represented in this room. Lord, that you'd put a hedge of protection around the marriages that are in this house, that they would withstand every fiery dart of the enemy. Lord, that the very things the enemy would use to divide them would use to draw them together. I pray right now for the relationship where it feels like there's a huge void, a missing expectation. I pray right now that the debt of love would be paid. That we would stop looking for what we can get for us. and We can start discerning what it is we give towards the other. Lord, I pray you'd heal the wounds and the pains that are in our relationships right now. That you'd heal them. God, I pray for the person that's standing alone right now. Lord, that they would not count this time as a loss, they would not count this time as a failure, but they would count this time as a blessing. A time to grow in you, a time to grow in themselves. I'll pray right now for the decisions of those that are single in this room that they would not sacrifice true love at the altar of a fraud to fill a void in their life that they would not receive a substitute Out of desperation. But that we would have strong, healthy men and women of God who are confident in who you've called them to be and know where you are calling them to. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Jesus.
0: Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church, to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.